Scott Stearns. Hi, I'm Paul Sicklock. Can't speak that fast. <laughs> Paul. Monkey Box. There we go. Boston can't play that fast. I guess not. Well, Paul Pierce can't predict that fast. Yeah, Bucks are up three games to one after losing the so first I, game. What would um, be the rights? Like, you'd have to get to the replay his uh, quote on uh, you know his bumper music. <laughs> but what do we have to do to integrate that into the uh, yeah. into the pod? I don't know. I, have to, I should look into that. Now, technically, you could still be right. You could still get Boston in seven. <laughs> you could. So. That would be uh, 4% of the time that that actually That's occurs. What, uh, 538 saying, right? 96% yeah. of the time, the team that goes up three games to one will win the series. Yeah, so now it, it comes good. back to Milwaukee on uh, Wednesday. You think that by the time this thing goes up, we'll be celebrating um, our trip to the Eastern Conference Finals? Oh, well, that's the hope. That's the hope. You know, it's a question whether Brogdon comes back or not. I don't I think, think, well, I, you're up three games to one. I don't think there's a reason to uh, rush the return of Brogdon at, at this point. I think you, yeah, you kind of hold, hold him back and then, uh, you know, keep him. You, you want him to get healthy for the next round because you want him in the finals. Mm-hmm. So why why push it if uh, you've been successful so far without his uh, without his help? Yeah, so that makes sense. So the first uh, headline on five thirty eight Scott is um, how CNN's uh, town hall industrial complex. Yeah, is shaping the race. Yeah, I so, did see, I did see that. Yep. So that means that most media is talking about the Democratic primary right now. Well, a lot of it is. Well, they are. There. Well, there's a lot of oxygen. Being, there's other topics. There, there's Trump's yeah. nuttiness every yeah. day. Well, there's, there's yeah, that's not really a topic so much. There's a democratic it's horse a static thing. There's the democratic <laughs> horse race. There's the disputed uh, actual horse race in Louisville that occurred this weekend mm-hmm. called the Kentucky Derby. Yeah, which I, did, uh, I didn't. I didn't actually even watch it. I yeah, heard about it after the fact. I so. saw the highlights and yeah. I still don't get exactly what happened. And but yeah, I mean, you mentioned earlier what's kind of disturbing is Trump's approval rating has been Had a little bit soaring, of shall we say, I, according to I, 538. That, well, that's not good ahead of ourselves. It's I, up to 43%. It's, I, would you call that soaring? I mean, it's... Well, it was a lot lower. Okay, how, how low? Yeah. It was like 40? I mean, it's within margin of error. It's, it, yeah. it ebbs and flows. I mean, you have, well, you have Rasmussen that has him at like 50, Galb has him at 46... <laughs> The I mean, theory is that margin of error Harris has them at 47. The, the margin of error becomes pretty small when you compare multiple polls because that margin well, the, error, like, it's not like it multiplies. It's like on upon itself. Or it does in a, a way that actually diminishes the error. So if you're, you have a point, like a 4% margin of error, that's 0.04%, and then you multiply it by the next one, that's a 4% margin of error, which is... 0.04 times 0.04, which then brings you to even like 0.16 hundredths of a percent. I mean, you, you see what I'm saying? It becomes a lower and lower error the more well, I think polls you bring into it. 538, I think, has them at 42.7 when you average the polls. Right. I said 43. Yeah. So, I mean, it's... It's, it's a surge. It, it's not a fucking surge. If it, if it was the other way around, I mean, they had them at 52.4 disapprove, 42.7 approve. If it was flipped... I would be a little more panicky. On February 1st, it was uh, 39.5. Mm-hmm. Today, it's 42.7. There's been a significant increase. There's been an uptick. When you, look at the, when you look at the pretty little line on the graph, yes, 
what do we attribute that to? I don't know. Other than Mueller report, other than it's well, yeah, kind of a I, slow time in politics. I think it's probably. I, I think you're probably spot on there in terms of the people that are Trump supporters who maybe uh, were lacking enthusiasm. Mm-hmm. Now that is, the cheerleading is happening more on their side. In terms right. Of, that's. I mean, that's the argument, right? That how it's portrayed by our attorney general is not substantive, given the fact that Mueller wrote a letter saying, that's not exactly what we said in the report, right. how you're portraying it. Right. Which we t- I mean, that's why they brought in Bill Barr to begin with, we, right. they, because he was going to spin this thing to the advantage of the, of the president. Well, right? initially, so, uh, Trump didn't get a bounce from the Mueller report, but now he has, uh, partly because that's still mostly what we talk about. Yeah. In the media. Mm-hmm. The other thing is, I think you're starting to see the Democratic candidates get a lot more press. Oh, Therefore, they, they start to criticize each other, which tends to reduce their well. It's all their about viewpoint. it's all about positioning, right? So, like the the question now amongst the candidates, amongst the field, is you know where are you on impeachment? Right? Like, mm-hmm. oh, okay, Warren came out for impeachment, but you know, did Beto or did Bernie or did? Biden, mm. you know, like that's kind of the mm. burning issue of the day is like where do you stand on tossing this guy out? Even if the House had the votes to impeach, it's not going anywhere. So there's the politics and then there's the actual legislative exercise of accomplishing it. It doesn't make any sense whatsoever because it's never gonna happen. It's gonna die in the Senate. And so do you wanna spend the next year actually focusing on this and, and giving the other side a reason to oppose you and to pump up their base? Or do you want to focus on the campaign at hand? So, uh, yeah, and I agree with that. And not only that, but in the broad scheme of things, yeah, he's down 9.7 points, which Mm -hmm. is a little lower than he had been down, or a little closer than he had been before. He's usually been down about, say, 10 to 12 points, maybe, maybe 15 on the odd day. Now he's under 10 again. But it's still, like, now um, I've been comparing him to Reagan a lot. I, yes. Who rebounded. By this point in 83, in May of 1983, Reagan's almost even. And Trump's still down uh, by a bit. So in the broad scheme of things, and you look at all these other poll, uh, all these other presidential polls, and yeah, there's a lot. A surge would be a stretch. Trump has been to underwater. Say was a surge, Trump has right. been underwater his entire presidency. Yeah, I mean, he's been in the mid to lower 40s for the vast majority mm. of his presidency, and I don't see that now the contra- contrarian could say that. Well, you know, in the past they didn't have as many polls, and uh, therefore you have so many polls now that it smooths itself. So it's out, an apples so. to oranges comparison. I mean, like, yeah, but, but okay, but that's not unique to this poll. You, right. could, you could say that about any polling going well, back. Well, but even even right going back just four years, or mm-hmm. it was it four. Uh, it'd be eight years now. Um, the Obama at this point in his term was plus six point three. Yeah, um, and then he won re-election by about pretty, a similar pretty, pretty margin, handily. Uh, about the same uh, by about four points, but he was up plus six points. Yeah. and Trump's still negative nine point seven, which you know is significantly below where Obama was at this point. He's way below where Bush was at this point, even though Bush actually got a lot closer later in the game. He's significantly below where Bill Clinton was, who won re-election. Uh, way below Bush Sr., who actually lost re-election yeah. to Clinton. 
And he was for a while ahead of where Reagan was at this point, but now he's below where Reagan was. So the other... Um, the closest one, actually, is most consistent would be Carter, probably. Yeah. And he's about where Carter was. So the other uh, the other headline I noticed on uh, 538 today was the um, cable news is covering Biden as much as every other Democratic candidate combined. Which Whoa. Is, like, not... Probably not that surprising, given that he just announced formally within the yeah. past few weeks that he's running. He's former so, vice president. Former vice president uh, for eight years. Recent controversy. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's he, has, he has very high name recognition. I get all of that. But um, whether or not that carries on um, in the weeks and months ahead, I guess, yeah. will be something to watch. But... I mean, you sent me some very interesting poll numbers about his support and where it's coming yeah. from. I mean, one of the things that I saw was a good breakdown between white voters in the Democratic primary and non-white voters. Among white voters, Biden was ahead of Sanders 2-1. to one. You had Biden at 29%, Sanders at 15 Buttigieg at 10 And then among Warren non-white voters, it was... Biden at 50 to fourteen, so three to one. I mean, that's more than just, three to one. That's so, a, that's a huge number. So he's running actually quite a bit stronger among non-white Democrats yeah. than he is among white Democrats. Biden, and that's obviously a lot of that is tied to his legacy being Obama's. Vice Interestingly, president. Harris actually gets really low numbers, and what's also interesting is that Booker doesn't register at all. Mm-hmm. Um, and this was a CNN poll that was commissioned, mm-hmm. I think, uh, within the past uh, past week. How so. many people? I wonder. Yeah, uh, that's. Uh, yeah. I mean, I'd like to look at the internals before mm-hmm. I take this as like. But just at a high level, it's just it's it is interesting. Sanders is in second in both categories, getting about the same: fifteen percent among whites, fourteen percent among non-whites. Yeah, well, backing the up rest, backing yeah. up the idea that the current horse race is Biden versus Sanders. But the rest of the field does a lot better with white Democratic voters yeah. than with non-white Democratic voters. The rest right. of the field's basically an also-ran. Between Biden and Sanders, 64% are taken up. The field right now, I mean, we're sitting at like 20-some candidates. two white men are leading, <laughs> are dominating yeah, two-thirds of I, the vote among I mean, non-white Democratic voters. Right. That seems a little strange. It does. It does. It doesn't. I suppose for a snapshot in time, it passes the smell test, but... You know, you have to wonder if that's what everybody's ideals are. Because I don't want to speak for people as a white guy myself. Yeah. Like, and say, well, you know, uh, African Americans should want an African American candidate. Well, uh, who am I to say that? I right. Mean, you know, like, right. if, if, if they want Biden, they want, or Sanders, they want, sure. that's who they want. I sure. mean, that's their decision, not my decision. Absolutely. Absolutely. Right. And obviously, this is a pulse, it's a sample of people. It's a so. snapshot in but, time. And, but it yeah. shows that, what it really shows, the most obvious thing is that Biden's way ahead. Biden's way ahead, Among and he all has. That Pretty much among, looks like among all demographic groups. His history with Obama still endears him to a significant number of non-white voters and African-American voters. And, and white voters, if you look at that poll, well, too. Yeah. He's still two to one there right. over Sanders. When you look at the field as it stands today, you have guys like Senator Michael Bennett that announced that he's running from Colorado. It's like you have these people that are just like mm. kind of coming out and, and announcing... And I don't know where their candidacies are coming from. Maybe they're just thinking that 
they're going to find their moment, and that will allow them right. to be like a dark horse. Otherwise, why would they be running? Because it's already a crowded field. Well, the Wisconsin governor's race was a little like that. It was. From the get-go, like, Tony Evers was the favorite because he had won that election yeah, we handily. Yeah, know that. I mean, we, well, if you did this podcast a year ago. Yeah. I mean, you started to get me to say, oh, it's between Mail and Calda and... Uh, Tony, right? Which is actually what it wound up being. And even yes. then, uh, it was a runaway for Tony. And right but, now, I would but say Malin that, and Caldo were second and third. And right so. now, I would say it's a it's a Biden Bernie Harris race. Biden being the Tony, of probably. This. Probably. Then again, Wisconsin is about a microcosm of America. Yes. Yes. All of this is bad for politics, so we think we're the center of the world. Well, we we, we will be in about a year and some uh, some months when the convention. Politically, we're. <laughs> Pretty central spot. Yes, you need Michigan, Wisconsin, Pennsylvania. Like that, that has to happen. And then hopefully you build on that, and you can take an Arizona, and, and you know you assume like maybe a New Hampshire, right? And uh, or I maybe mean, a Georgia or Florida, right? Maybe Florida, maybe you maybe a steel one, right? I mean something right. unexpected. Well, the Democratic leadership, Florida, it feels like we could take any time. But it feels like the Democrats Florida don't just, run a good campaign. Well, there. it feels like a, you know, Ohio and Florida just feel like the same these days, right? In terms of yeah, the, but I mean, Ohio, I think ideologically has really drifted more to the right. Whereas yeah. I don't see it as much in Florida. I mean, Florida is still a very diverse state. It's sort yeah. of like a who comes out to vote kind of state. Yeah. yeah. And whereas Ohio, it seems more like it's actually turned pretty red because on the north. Northern and western side, you well, got Indiana, it's, it's, and they're kind of like the country, Ohio, the farm. and then you go southeastern, you get into cold country in Appalachia, which is right. And in between, West you got Virginia. That, in between, you have the three C's, the big yeah. cities: Cleveland, Columbus, and Cincinnati. There, and they're getting more liberal, but Cincinnati's still pretty conservative. Yeah, Cleveland and Columbus, but I mean. Like, basically, if you add it up, right, you got five main hubs there in Ohio. Mm-hmm. you got the west and northwest. you got the southeast Appalachia. Those are two pretty Republican areas. And you got Cincinnati, greater Cincinnati, which still leans Republican. And then yeah. you got Cleveland going Democrat. But you've got three out of five leaning right. Yeah. And that's why it's going. The, 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 I mean, it's not quite a 60% the, Republican that's, that's state. That's the direction, but, though. You get the picture, right. So bottom line is, yeah, there's a lot of Democrats running. <laughs> so, and somebody's um, got to win in Green Bay and Erie. Yeah. Uh, and, so, and, so what's and maybe, the, hopefully, in Toledo, Ohio. What's the, what, who's the candidate to do that? I guess we don't know yet. I mean, this is a lot mm-hmm. of stuff has to play out. This is the time of the campaign where dollars are going to flow to certain people. At some point, debates will happen uh, later this year. So this, what I would just talk about does play well for Biden, is that it's about a Rust Belt candidate. There really isn't one. Right, right. Maybe Amy Klobuchar, but even Minnesota is not exactly the Rust Belt. I mean, we always thought Sherrod Brown would be the candidate, and he declined to run. Yeah. I come back to who's the best candidate to go head-to-head with Trump, and I look at a few candidates that pulled no punches, and... Biden is one of those that is at the top of the list. Bernie's mm-hmm. up there. Kamala Harris is up there as a former mm-hmm. prosecutor. I mean, these people that have this ability to kind of just give as good as they get. Go back to the uh, 2012 campaign and the Biden-Paul Ryan debate. I mean, where he just wiped the floor with him right. and just made him look like an amateur. 
that's the kind of thing that is going to endear Biden to a lot of voters. I can that, see, that combined with his legacy as a former VP. And in this region of the country that we're just talking about, from roughly Pittsburgh to here, yeah, um, I can see Biden probably having a lot that, of a lot of uh, more so than yeah. Harris, frankly, or sure, or even Bernie. Really, when it comes down to it, yeah, even though perhaps primaries, Bernie might do well because. Among some populist lefties, but um, I mean, know, I mean, you, you, obviously you have you have you know, the other part of it is obviously the the, the issues and the substance of the thing mm-hmm. and where they're standing on on, right. on the issues. I mean, that's been you know Bernie's, Bernie's, issues, Bernie's bread and butter, Elizabeth Warren's bread and butter in terms of uh, putting out stances that slow drip where it's like, okay, this week I'm supporting uh, student loan forgiveness. Next week I'm going to talk about health care. What issue wins for us next year? Well, I think health care probably at the top of the list. So uh, in Wisconsin, we've had the Republicans in the legislature yeah. say that they're going to reject Governor Eber's Medicaid, Medicaid expansion. expansion. Yeah. No. 70% of Wisconsinites <laughs> now support it. Up from 60, only 62% a few months ago. Yeah, and they're going to they're gonna yank it out of the budget yeah. and, and not after pass it. literally beat Walker on the issue, yeah. pretty much. Because they don't want to give it to him. Even though that's why they lost. Yeah. The bottom line is that Scott Fitzgerald and Robin Voss, they're going to yank a number of these things out of the budget because mm. they don't support them. They want to hammer Evers on this stuff. But these are things that have a lot of support across the state when you're talking about Medicaid expansion, the medical marijuana initiatives. Right. That too, right. Everybody Jerry, knows we need uh, gerrymandering, expansion, but most re- people also want mar- medical marijuana. Redistricting marijuana. reform. There are all these things that are like kind of good government initiatives. Mm-hmm. And these guys aren't giving it the time of day. Now, if Scott Walker were still governor and he supported some of these things, of course they would be on board. But because Evers proposed it, no, we can't. We can't support. Walker only had eight years to try to get behind. (laughs) Well, yeah. Um, I mean, now he's now he's accusing the. the, He made his own career on rejecting the Medicaid expansion. (laughs) Well, yes, one of the reasons he lost, and then suing on the ACA. But you know that if Walker like found Jesus and said, you know what. Turns out we actually need this Medicaid money because oh, yeah, he'll probably it, try make, to run because it makes in it makes good fiscal it. sense. You know, that, yeah, they would they would be a hundred percent on board. They would have absolutely got. What I'm trying to figure it. out is if the Wisconsin Republicans really think they can outlast us more on this issue, mm-hmm. uh, just like they did on Act Ten or yeah. uh, big hot button labor issues. I guess I wonder if they really can outlast us. Well, I think or that's to be determined if. They actually, like, cook themselves on this one. Well, I think you've you continued know. to fight them on this I mean, stuff. I mean, when you look at... It seems like they're really out of touch with reality. Well, right. To me. Exactly. And, and that's why they're depending on the fact that their districts are secure in terms of the lines. Yeah, but when you're talking today, about a 70% push on this, if the next election becomes about that issue... Well... Then, then the gerrymanders might lose some they're strength. Get, they get diluted a little bit. So. All right. Yeah, so, so lots, lots more talk about go Bucks. Hopefully, uh, by the time this thing goes up, uh, they will have secured the uh, next round of the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Go Bucks and forward. Uh, I didn't go Paul Pierce to <laughs> uh, the next round of poor predictions. Yeah, forward, folks.